This is Developer SideQuest, the podcast, the show that highlights the different ways we all level up our software development skill set. I'm your party leader, Al Rodriguez, and today we're chatting with another player character, Jay Miller. Hi, Jay. How's it going today? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So everyone, Jay is a hybrid class monk, meaning he does a lot of things, but does them for the journey with a passion for productivity, automation, and community. His quest has been to create a business by helping developers and other tech folks with marketing services, editing services, and productivity coaching so he can escape cubicle captivity. Jay, kind of sounds like you're you're living the dream there. No cubicle captivity. I mean, I'm still chasing the dream, but again, it's all about the journey. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's uh, that's the majority of the time right there, the journey. So, all right. So, so tell us about this. Tell us about this, this quest, this uh, business that you're, that you're doing. So I guess the way that I would say, here's how I got into the position that I'm in now is a long one. It starts in the military. It gets me out of the military and then puts me in the cubicle and makes me realize that the cubicle is not where I need to be. So I will just say I served in the Marine Corps for five years. I traveled all over the world, got to train hundreds of both U.S. and international military folks. But then once I got out, I realized that I didn't know how to be a tech person that wasn't in the military. So I panicked a lot and I tried to figure out how to become the most productive version of myself. And this was before I knew anything about productivity. So I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. And then finally it, just hits me. There are things that you have to do, things that you'd like to do, and things that, to put it bluntly, if you don't do them, no one's going to notice. So I made three simple lists. I'm sure you can guess what the names of them were. Do this or you're fired. You should do this at some point or you might get fired. And if you don't do this, nothing's going to happen. And I started prioritizing and tackling things. And then I learned that most productivity folks had a name for this. It was called a priority matrix. Uh, And from there, I was off to the races. It was just, how can I become more and more productive? And throughout that journey, I started sharing a lot of the things that I had learned. It started as a blog that you cannot find on the internet anymore unless you go to the internet archive uh, called Keeping Junk Managed. And from there, it turned into Productivity in Tech as a podcast because I wanted to start a podcast and I felt like I had a good topic. And over the course of a few years, I learned that it wasn't necessarily about the system, but more about the mindset. So at that point, I started reprioritizing my thoughts and realigning how I was doing everything so that not 
the system would be working, but I would be working. And then I realized that there were so many other people like me that had the same problems. Maybe they weren't in the military, but they were starting their first job, their first tech job. And everywhere they went, they were told things that didn't make sense to them or didn't fit what would keep them hired. So I took half a year off from Pitt and started working with productivity coaches and trying to learn as much as I could. And then finally reopened at the beginning of 2019 with a new way to coach developers on how to be productive, how they could be productive, not how they could follow GTD or some other system. And from there, I just started having fun with it. And my pathway has always been about the journey, whether it's helping other people go down theirs or improving my own. Okay, wow, that was a that was a quite a quite a journey there. Um, it's a nice. Uh, nice uh, background on that too. I'm 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 glad you you really went in there. Uh, sometimes you know I only get a little bit of it. So uh, you you've mentioned a lot there, and I kind of want to ask you uh, quite a few questions because you know I have I have a lot from there. Um, so I guess the first is you mentioned GTD. Uh, what what does that acronym stand for? So GTD is one of the most popular productivity methodologies in the world. Uh, it was started by David Allen. Uh, stands for getting things done. And I don't have a license to teach it because I tend to butt heads with it a lot. Uh, It's very structured, very rigid. And one of the things that people always seem to say is I tried GTD and then I try it again, then I try it again, then I try it again. And then I just start slowly adopting bits and pieces of it. Okay. So it's, it's one of those things that it's, um, it's probably not for everyone sort of deal. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that everyone needs to be a GTD Jedi or, or become at one with their inbox. And it's kind of those, those ideas that you might see on like YouTube That'll tell you, like, here's the thing that Fortune 500 CEOs do that you don't. That'll say, only check your email once and only touch those emails once and, you know, do a weekly review, do a monthly review, do a daily review every morning. (laughs) Like, a lot of these are great ideas, but they don't fit for every circumstance. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cause everyone is, we're all different. We all have different scenarios, uh, that type of stuff. Is that what you're, what you're saying? Definitely. And the analogy that I always use is think about if you told somebody that worked on a support desk that they could only check their email once a day, they would get fired. They would get fired very quickly. That is true. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the complete opposite of their actual job. So yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> that's uh, not the situation that that they can follow. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. 
All right, Jay. So uh, one of the things you had mentioned was that when you got out of the military, you you didn't really know how to how to be a tech person in civilian life. Um, but when you were in the military, what did you do? Uh, what was your your tech role there? So my basic role in the military was to support deployed troops while being deployed and training the team that would assist with that. So I was stationed in Japan for three years, two and a half out of those three years, I was deployed. And in those deployments, I did about five different deployments. So if you do the math there, it's basically go out for three months, come back for one, go out for three months, come back for one, um, and do that on repeat for three years. Uh, what would happen is we would deploy. While we were deployed, we would have to set up a computer network, set it up for um, the troops that deployed with us. We would go to a country. We would then have to set up a network out in that deployed country while also coordinating with other foreign militaries and training them on some of the things that we did, as well as establishing a link with like satellite communications between where we were, the ship that we were deployed to, and then of course, like the Marine Corps Network Operation Command Center and all those places. So we would do that. Then we would get back on ship, go somewhere else, do that again. And we would just do that on repeat. And then we would get back to our home base, inventory everything. My team would disappear. A new team would come in. And then I would have like two weeks to train them to deploy and do that process all over again. Oh, wow. So so pretty uh, repetitive, but uh, it seems pretty, uh, um, at, at a minimum, eventually it sounds like you got that process down and you get start to get uh, really uh, efficient at it, I'm assuming. Absolutely. And I think that's where the problem lied. You know, for three years, I was in charge of building scripts that would do a lot of the heavy lifting because I couldn't teach scripting to a junior Marine in two weeks. I would have to teach them how to tip cables and set up, you know, local area networks and a few select people how to set up a SATCOM connection. And a lot of those things you just pick up. But I think with that is where the ability to help others really came in because you have to have patience, you have to be persistent, and you have to just know what your fellow Marines' limitations are, what your limitations are, what your equipment's limitations are, and you have to operate within all of those boundaries. But you're right. Once you've done that once or twice, and then you're really like you get into your own flow, it it just becomes second nature until they take all of that away from you and then put you in a cubicle. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure that that was uh, quite a shock, right? Once you uh, end up back in that cubicle. Well, yeah, because the military lifestyle is basically one of we tell you when to wake up, we tell you when to exercise, we tell you when to eat, we tell you what you're going to work on, we expect you to work on it that day. Like there's no prioritization, there's no long-term project management that's required. It is get your commands, train your command, execute on it, follow up on it, get the next command, and just keep doing those things. When you are in the civilian world, you may have four or five projects that you're juggling, and then deadlines are soft. There's, you know, one example is I supported the 9.0 earthquake that hit Japan in 2000, was that 11, 2009? One of those years. I think it was 2011, 2010 or 2011. But in that scenario, you have very specific things that have to happen or people die. People don't eat. People's houses collapse. Things are very serious. So when you're told to... I don't know, make sure some report gets done and you're sitting at your cubicle and at the end of it, there's no threat of loss of life, then it becomes really hard to, I guess, weigh where that thing fits in your stack of priorities. Okay. Yeah. I never, I never thought of it from, from that perspective that, that you're, you're right. I, I never realized, you know, how much, uh, the, the amount of work that, that you end up doing in the military is a life or, or life or death situation, depending on the, you know, what you're doing at the time. Um, wow. That's good to know. All right. Um, so I do want to kind of switch gears now, um, and actually talk about productivity and tech. So this is your business and, um, just kind of as a, as a disclaimer, normally I don't really like, uh, you know, talking about like the, what I consider the main quest on this show, but considering what, what you do there, um, it sounded like a, a really good thing to talk about anyway. So, um, disclaimer out of the way, um, that's really just for everyone listening. Yeah. Just to clarify, Pitt or that's what I call productivity and tech for, you know, pit for short is still my side quest. I still have a nine to five job. My current goal is to transform pit from a side quest to a main quest. And there's a lot of steps in doing all of that, but I'm sure that you're going to have some really good questions. So I'll wait for those. <laughs> Got it. All right. Um, so, and, and first, and you know, one thing I, I just want to say is uh, congrats on you know starting that journey of turning that into a full time business. That's a, a personal goal of mine is to someday start my own business, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, but very hesitant with all the work that I'm sure that you've you've already gone through a lot of that at this point, that pain. Um, so, you know, just. Just um, tell us, just give us the, the very big overview. What exactly is productivity in tech? So at this point, and I say this point because it could always change. It has changed several times. But at this point, Pitt, and I'm just going to call it Pitt because that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, 
Pitt is what I call a boutique creativity shop. And in that, it means I do a lot of things. Um, there's a book that I read a while ago called How to Be Everything, The Guide for Those That Don't Know What They Want to Be When They Grow Up. It's by Emily Wapnick. It's phenomenal. But it taught me to be okay with the idea that my ADHD, clinically, my clinical ADHD does not allow me to focus on just one thing. It is impossible. I've tried. I have medical conditions because I tried. And what that looks like is what are the things that I enjoy doing, not at the hobby level, but like at the obsessed, let's make the world a better place and hopefully get paid enough to feed my family while doing it. And currently that is helping people launch their podcast, helping people with their current podcast, whether it's uh, doing the editing, doing transcription work, um, just consulting as a whole, uh, helping with workflows or any type of automation setup. I do have a Python background. I've been programming for six years at this point. And with that, a lot of these tools are starting to come together. So now it's let's use Python or let's use JavaScript or let's build a web app and use that as a way to help other people who are like me, people in tech, people who might be struggling with productivity, people who have a podcast, people who have a shared problem that I have. And let's do that in a way that's not just the status quo. Let's do things in a way that are fun, that are challenging, that are unique, that you can truly only do when you are both the boss and the janitor. Huh. I never, never thought about the, uh, the boss and the janitor part, but, uh, I mean, you're, you're right. That's completely true. <laughs> That's your, your charge of it all. <laughs> um, so when you, when you got started, uh, creating this business, uh, you know, when you first had the idea, um, how, how exactly did you get started? Like what were some of your first steps? The, the first thing that I really did was just the podcast. It was just, hey, I have this idea for a podcast. I'm going to do it and see what happens. And it's very similar to how most of these podcasts start. Uh, with that, I just started interviewing people. I started building communities. I, Everyone in my community knows my, my famous, I gave up a huge community of thousands of people and gave it up for like four people because those four people were willing to put their money where their mouth was. And that really started the idea where people were saying, I like what you're doing so much that I want to invest in you. So that started with just podcasting and helping people through that. And then 
I was introduced to a few productivity coaches. I was listening to what they were saying. I was agreeing with some things. And I just knew that the people that they wanted to help and the people that I wanted to help were completely different because for me, I wanted to help people in my position, people who were like me. For them, they wanted to help Fortune 500 CEOs because those people pay a lot more. And I said, okay, what does a coaching platform for developers look like? And not just the senior level developers. What does coaching for junior devs look like? And I just announced on Twitter one day, hey, I'm a productivity coach. I specialize in junior development. I specialize with people who have ADHD because I have ADHD. So, you know, figured I have some knowledge there. And I want to help. If you have any more questions, my DMs are open. And that worked. Uh, I got a couple of clients and started helping them. And they said, wow, this is really helpful. Let me introduce you to someone else. And then I started helping them. And then, you know, the whole rinse and repeat method. Got it. Okay. So, um, so you really just kind of j- jumped in with that. And, uh, and it seems to be going pretty well for you so far. Uh, how, how long is, has uh, this business been, been going? How long uh, since you began? So Pitt officially became a business in October of last year. Pitt's been around since 2015. Yeah, I want to say, I think the first episode was like November 2nd, 2015 or something like that. And, you know, you said it's worked out pretty well. I'm, I'm spinning the roses and rainbows here. You know, I'm also a new dad, so a lot of my time goes into being a husband, being a father. Uh, remember, I'm both the CEO and the janitor, which means cleaning up after myself, sending invoices, doing a lot of those things that young business owners tend to forget about and trying to also document a lot of the process so that I can help others in the future. I've, I've always believed my mistakes are the best teaching tools for both me and the people that I can impact. So I would be a fool to not learn from my own mistakes and to not try to prevent others from making them, which is why I work in the tech space with developers, for developers, and the things that I'm doing are often code heavy so that I can improve. I can look at the mistakes that I'm making and help them, whether it is a technical thing or a quote unquote soft skills issue. Got it. Yeah. So, so lots of work really in, in that, in that four years or uh, under four years since, since you've begun. Um, cool. So, uh, as as far as uh, creating the the um, creating the business and everything you've done in this time, um, 
Have you at any time had to, you know, dip into your uh, scripting skills or any of the development tools that that you would use uh, to automate anything for the business or create any applications for day to day work and that kind of stuff? All the time. Um, There's (laughs) I mean, let's see, where do we start? My personal website, the pit website, both of those run an engine that I made uh, using uh, Python, the Jinja 2 framework, and Netlify doing like static site generation stuff. Um, I've played around with other frameworks. I like them, but there were always things that I didn't like about them and thought, eh, I could probably do something like this. And that's mistake number one. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't know. I have a problem, I guess. I like inflicting pain on myself when it comes to code. (laughs) But a lot of the things that I see or that I hear, I try to create some kind of solution for. And a lot of that comes in the form of trying to build web applications. Um, Right now, uh, we were talking before the show, one of the applications that I'm tinkering with is a way to do transcriptions in a way that you drop off your audio and then it gives you transcript. And on the back end, it isn't much from what I do now. When I do transcription work, I don't just sit there and listen to the audio from start to finish. First, I put it in through Google's speech to text algorithm, or if they only have MP3s, I'll put it through Amazon transcribe. And then I take that mess of a transcript and then I listen to it and only make the changes that need to be made. So essentially everything that I do has the potential to be improved in some way, shape or form through code. Got it. And, you know, just kind of going to one of the things you had mentioned earlier about, you know, creating your own, you know, engines or frameworks or whatever, your, your own libraries for things, um, you know, even on the software side, that's also another way to grow, right? And and learn too. I'm, I'm sure you've you've uh, massively <laughs> increased your skill set uh, from having to do that, right? From having to think through those problems and, and do all that, even if it's not something that you have mastered, it's at least something that's that's grown on for your, your, you know, you've leveled up at least. Definitely. Like my programming chops have come from trying to recreate the will and then listening to people who are much smarter than I am tell me why my will isn't as good as the will that's already out there and how I can improve on it. And through my own research and banging my head against the proverbial wall or sometimes the literal wall. And you're right. It, it really has made me a better developer, especially since I've never held a developer like junior, mid-level, senior, SC1, SC2 role. All of my jobs have always been in the tech space, but improved by my knowledge of programming. 
Okay, awesome. <laughs> All righty. Um, so I think uh, I think we're, we're pretty much uh, at the end here. Um, before we we leave, uh, what's next for you as far as the business goes? You know, where where you've with how far you've uh, taken it so far. Uh, what's next for for uh, productivity in tech? Well, right now we, like I said, we just came back in January with the Pit Podcast, so a lot of the work that I'm doing now is around re or redefining the process that is the Productivity in Tech podcast, and also the Pit community as a whole, the members that are in there. Pit, in some ways, is member supported uh, when it comes to content creation. I make a lot of things based on what, again, people who are putting their money where their mouth is in terms of support, what they suggest I do. And I'm always going to want to help them. But... I also have to look at my business as a business. So that means looking for people who want to build a podcast, people who have a podcast that want to take it to the next level, developers who feel like they're not as productive and finding those people and figuring out how I can best help them in a way that benefits both them myself and my business. Cool. Well, uh, well, good luck with that. And hopefully uh, things, you know, continue to grow and eventually this becomes your main quest. Uh, before we leave, uh, is there anything you want to plug? And also where can people find you online? So I'm everywhere on the internet at KJAY Miller. And I always tell people the K is silent. So if you call me KJ, the conversation is over instantly. But you can find me at kjmiller.com. If you want to learn more about Pitt, you can do that at productivityintech.com. And of course, I'm mostly on Twitter where I dig through tech Twitter looking for people to help. And if you feel like maybe your problem isn't big enough or maybe you can't afford professional help, quote unquote, reach out to me anyway. I've always said my number one goal is helping people. That said, I can't promise you full on coaching, but if your problem isn't that big, maybe I do have a resource that I can send your way, or maybe I can get you in touch with someone or uh, figure something out. Awesome. And uh, just kind of to, to advocate a little bit for you there, Jay, um, before we even started recording today, uh, we spent about uh, 10 minutes just talking, and I learned so much more about podcasting in that amount of time. So <laughs> Jay is definitely knowledgeable in, in these subjects. So uh, take, a, take his advice. Uh, and also, uh, everything that uh, Jay just mentioned, his website, Twitter handle, etc., all of that is in the show notes right now. So feel free to pull out your uh, your pod listening enchantment device and uh, click on any of those links, anything that, that we have there. So great. Um, now, Jay, really good luck on your future quests. And maybe we'll have you back on here someday to talk about uh, everything you've gotten from leveling up and all the cool loot you've plundered. 
And until next time, everyone, you can find this show on Twitter. We are at DevSideQuests. Or you can go to our website, developersidequestpodcast.com. And if you could pretty, pretty please rate this show on whatever pod listening enchantment you subscribe to, please do that too. All feedback as well. All right, everyone, go work on a quest. <laughs> <laughs>